You're listening to the Batuta Advocates Weekly News Wrap on Desert Rock FM 96.5. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate Weekly Bulletin. You're joined by three of the greats from the Diamantina Shine, myself, Clancy Overall, editor at large, Errol Parker, and lifestyle and weekend editor, Effie Bateman. How are we all? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, it's certainly getting hot up here in the Sampson Desert. We had a mob of Victorians come up in their caravans, and that's all that they could talk about. Their buddy's too thin for this country, Clancy. It heats up too quickly and they start whining like an old lawnmower. I tell you what though, while it might not be every grey nomad that does this, but if the shoe fits, anything that's either free or not bolted to the fucking ground they'll take with them. I caught one grey-haired bastard stealing the gunner wrap out of a public toilet last week and when I asked him to put it back, he told me to get fucked. Unbelievable. And on top of that, we had a sausage chisel at the French Quarter Lions Club yesterday evening. It was an optional gold coin donation, and that was meant to benefit our residents who were doing it tough. But these Victorians, they must have caught wind and they came down and ate the lot. I mean, we saved some, but honestly, we had to stop our president, Freddie, from getting that length of dog chain he keeps in the back of his fair lane. He was seeing red. He was ready to lash those blow-ins. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen a man get flogged half to death with a length of dog chain, but it's not very pretty. Especially not a senior citizen. I imagine that'd be pretty horrifying. No, it's much worse than getting COVID for a senior citizen. I'm, I mean, that type of, you know, trauma to the face and head scalp. that Back takes, of the knees. I mean, mm. you know, people can get over COVID in a number of days. I mean, mm. but getting hit with a length of dog chain is uh, something that takes much longer to get over. Yeah, and it probably affects their self-esteem a lot too. Those old codgers really kind of, they struggle with their confidence after something like that. Anyway, how have you been, Effie? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Just visiting my my mum and my sisters this weekend, having a nice wholesome one. Should be good. Well, that's great. You didn't have to deal with any of that riffraff that Errol was talking about. (laughs) Anyway, things have been pretty quiet for me. I um, keep hearing about this new COVID wave, but I prefer not to think about it. Either way, I'm staying in this weekend to, um, you know, mind my P's and Q's and uh, make sure that everything's in order for the holiday period. What's up first, Effie? Well, up first, and somebody who's obviously not going to be staying in, I don't need alcohol to have fun, says mate who needs cocaine to have fun. Yeah, this one sounds a lot like your sister, Ladasha. Effie? Yeah, I would agree with that. L-A. I'd agree with that. Now, the world of journalism has gone into overdrive at the moment after the revelation that Old City District-based product designer Corey Kibble does not need alcohol to have fun. An office worker for 10 years, it has been long known that Kibble doesn't need alcohol to have fun. A personal fact he shares as readily as if it's a fact-sharing segment of a Zoom chat no one wants to be on. Yes, colleagues of Kibble state that work drinks are generally not complete until a light beer drinking Kibble announces loudly to the room he doesn't ever need alcohol to have fun because he does things like exercise in his spare time. What he fails to mention is the fact that he would spend close to $900 a week on horribly cut creatine-infused, rat-bait-infused, baby laxative-infused cocaine, which I believe he buys from people that are at least three degrees separated from the local bikies. I tell you what, they should just fill every bag of that stuff with 1080. I mean, anyone who takes part in that depraved powder, I mean, they don't deserve to walk among us. Well, that's very, uh, I'd say very deterte of you there, Errol, Um, especially knowing, you know, some of the uh, hurdles uh, your nephew... Bryden's been having in front of him. No, he he was on the ice, mate. Oh, was, uh, yeah, that's completely yeah. different. That's a social yeah. issue. Now, uh, what else have we got in the news here, Effie? 
All right, up next, a local man paying $60 for non-alcoholic gin, unaware of a product called Cordial. A new member of the non-alcoholic community has let a liquor store take his credit card for a ride, deciding to part with 60 bucks for a bottle of non-alcoholic gin. Yes, at approximately 3.42 this afternoon, local geography teacher Sam Lyre lit 60 of his hard-earned dollars on fire as he walked out of the Batuta Grove family cellars with a bottle of Compost & Co. Dry London Gin. A new proponent of teetotalism, the advocate understands Mr Lyers considered the purchase to be an investment into his newfound hobby of avoiding alcohol at social occasions. We've certainly been bringing the baseball bats out for the non-drinkers this week, I've noticed. Um, well, believe it or not, mate, the highest selling beer at Dan Murphy's is Carlton Zero. Really? Yep. I got indigestion when I drank that. Real heart... Well, is indigestion the same as heartburn? Because I had that... Maybe. Is it? Uh, no, well, no. I do remember that I had to go and buy it when you were going through your CrossFit phase yes. and, and you wanted a low-carb beer and, and then there was that afternoon uh, in the Sydney season last year where me and you sat around and put away half a carton of the stuff each and mm. and then, yeah, we uh, kind of felt like we were okay to drive. And then Has the gout be- gone away now? Yes. Yeah, the, the, the non-alcoholic beer helped with the gout, but you know what the thing is? I was actually looking for no carbs, and what I found was these no carb, no alcohol beers. If you have a hip flask, you can actually you can Irish them up, the non-alcoholic beer, keep the carbs off, while also some hard liquor in the mix. Mm. It's an interesting flavour, but um, it certainly does the job if that's the job that you are looking to get done, which is what we were when we were drinking fourteen allegedly alcohol-free beers and pissing like racehorses. Mm-hmm. Up next with some local news and a bloke on date three discreetly ducks into servo after making a poor judgment call with garlic-heavy dish. Yes, a bloke who's found himself on a pivotal date number three, which is the one where you usually get a root, has unfortunately made a poor judgment call with his meal choice, which now has the potential to impact how well the rest of the night goes, if you know what I'm saying. Samson Dale is alleged to have organised a date at his favourite Chinese joint, fuck, what a rookie, which admittedly he'd taken a few dates to when he made the faux pas, ordering what was arguably the most garlic-heavy dish on the menu. Yep, it's a shocker. You can see why. I mean, he went and had to get a packet of chewy. But with a meal like that, I'm surprised he didn't get one of those um, hip flasks. No, but see, look, everyone knows that that if if you make that kind of bungle, you've got to go for the real bottom shelf, like the fisherman's friends or something like mm. the type of thing that turns your mouth from like the you eastern. Need to, like, Scour a layer off to get yeah. rid of the garlic. The fisherman yeah. friends, like the type of mints the truckies chew on to stay awake. Those kind of mints. Yep. Nuclear. But I'll tell you what, I think he went with the extra spearmen. He did himself a favour there. And from all reports, he did get a leg over. So good on you, Samson. I actually made the fatal error once of having, well, I ordered a banquet, meat heavy, five types of meat at an Indian joint, date three, um, samosas, roti as well. It must have been a uh, fusion food restaurant. It must have been a Western Indian yeah. restaurant. It was if, fusion. If with there's the five types of meat there. Yeah, well, of course, they the cow and the pork, I was surprised. But then, you know, you find yourself, you know, you go have an espresso at the end of the night and basically the, the floodgates are open. You're on the can for about an hour. So <laughs> she was outside. Luckily, she uh, was a smoker, so she was able to wait outside and play on her phone. Didn't get the bickies in the end, but I learned a valuable <laughs> lesson. Yeah. Uh, well, for our next headline, I'm going to swing it to you, Clancy, because I feel like it needs a guttural, uh, deep voice to do it properly. To read this headline? Yes, yes. Okay, the headline reads, Ha fuck! The boys are rolling up to the formal on the back of a ute. 
Yes, and some big news from Batuta Ponds this week. It can be confirmed that Braden and the boys have made a serious splash around that part of town. Yes, the extremely popular Year 12 student at Batuta Ponds High and his mates have caused a major stir by rolling up to their formal in an unorthodox but epic ride. While some of the more straight-edge kids in the year have pulled up in their Pops vintage cars or their uncles hotted up Monaro, Braden and the lads decided to roll up on the back of his older brother's ute. It's really good gear when you see that. They usually got a few stubbies going. Yeah, well, in this picture we used, uh, they all have uh, glasses of white wine, which I guess is uh, <laughs> which is a sign of the times. Yes. That, I mean, I mean that they've been saying for a year that beer is on is on the nose, and mm, all the yeah. kids these days are drinking. Uh, I could see those kids there, Braden, Tarnay, Tyrone. Natural wine. Yeah, it's I mean, interesting stuff. That young fella on the back looks like he's had two bottles of uh, <laughs> sparkling Tasmanian white wine. I know he. I know him. I know his family. <laughs> What's it, Declan? Yes, he's got a head like a half-chewed minty, that bloke. Yeah, well, his father's got a head like a sucked mango seed, so I guess. Yeah, like father, like son. The mango doesn't fall far from the minty tree, mate. Where are your lawyers now, Bruce? Anyway, uh, what else have we got in the news? Bit of uh, finance there? Yes, yes. Uh, RBA Governor Philip Lowe daydreams about having those Indian cops with his sticks here for Christmas to flog naughty shoppers spending frivolously in the economy. The happy-go-lucky economist that runs the Reserve Bank of Australia has revealed that he had a daydream recently where naughty Christmas shoppers are beaten with sticks by burly Indian policemen who have a special hatred for people spending frivolously in our overheated economy. Yes, after years and years of outright begging Australians to live outside their means in some sort of neo-pagan orgy of consumerism and financial autofellatio, RBA Governor Philip Lowe has asked people to do the complete opposite so the economy can cool down and put a downward pressure on inflation, which our national bagman Jim Chalmers says is public enemy number Yuan. Mr Lowe, in his weekly phone call with the Advocate's editorial executive, said the daydream he had about shoppers getting flogged with a naughty stick is something he says has happened many times before. Well, Clancy, as a man who's been to India, have you been hit with the naughty stick? Yes, I did, and I made the mistake of getting into trouble in the northern state of Punjab where the military caste of the Punjabi men who are much larger than me much big larger Sikhs. big Sikhs big and they Sikhs, can yeah. fucking swing a stick uh, I got one in the back of the legs as a lot of Pavlovian uh, fruity and slip earlier mentioned that uh, we were talking about the boomers with the with the car chains and the, the dog chains dog chains hurt but one of these I don't even think they're bamboo. It's a certain type of timber that um, is native to the subcontinent. You get one of them at the back of the legs, it almost wins you, which is a disgusting, sickening response to that level of pain. Well, as a teenager, when I was having to backpack through Spain under Franco, uh, I got hauled off a train by the Guardia Seville that used to have uh, sticks like that, but they used to put lead weights inside the stick. And I got flogged to within an inch of my young Catholic life. Um, so yeah, that's Was that that's one when, thing. when you came back and um, you had to get Wendell to dig a splinter out of your ass? Was that related to Oh, the to Indian that? trip? Yeah. Uh, maybe. It's happened a few times mm. actually in mm. India. Yeah, I also got flogged down there in Goa though. Um, have you ever done DMT? Flogged by those. Have you done DMT? Because it makes I have, you act, well, I I did, like a fucking clown on that shit. I did make the mistake of doing it with some young Israeli men in Thailand. The sleeper hold, eh? They, uh, yeah, they were quite antisocial in the end. It really wigged me out. Anyway, the last story today, we don't need to read it. You can kind of uh, 
Just try to imagine it. Just try to imagine it. Do you want to read this last headline for us, Effie? Yeah. Uh, so Barnaby Joyce reminded again that the fish in Parliament's fountain aren't there to eat his feet skin. Yes, the unsinkable Barnaby Joyce has received yet another written warning from the Parliament House staff for putting his feet in the fountain and letting all the fish in there eat the dead skin off his feet. Yes, under the Parliamentary Code of Conduct, the fish in the courtyard water fountain aren't allowed to be fed by anyone other than the father of the house. And the father of the house is currently the member for Kennedy, Bob Catter, who witnesses say caught Mr Joyce with his feet in the fountain again and blew a fuse. So I've heard that the way that Bob Catter likes to feed the fish in the Parliament House fountain is that he spends all morning going around the garden collecting skinks. Mm -hmm. He... Mm -hmm. uh, collects these tiny lizards in um, a pillowcase and when he's got about a good handful he walks in there and throws them into the fountain because he says fish enjoy uh, the hunt the you know, they do like to uh, eat uh, live live animals themselves I would um, I wouldn't mind watching that I reckon you could get a little bit of a book going there but these fish they must be some of the most well-fed fish in Parliament House because everyone knows that Barnaby Joyce has in the scheme of things quite good-looking feet well, I mean, there's plenty of uh, frayed skin on the side of them. I do remember when the it was actually the Chamber of Commerce in Tamworth banned Barnaby from wearing Birkenstocks down the main street purely because of the... Um, I mean, it's got good-looking feet, but there's the cracked heels and the, um, well, the tinea, of Well, I have heard on good authority that the way that uh, Scott Morrison was able to get the Nationals in line before the next election was he actually sucked on one of Barnaby Joyce's toes... Well, look, mate, he, um, um, he was doing his bit for the country. It took them two weeks of deliberation, and then they realised that climate change was real. And then they all got voted out anyway. So ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And I believe ScoMo was a real um, a testament to that kind of attitude of political selflessness. Well, look, if it was going to save the country from impending doom, I would suck Barnaby Joyce's toes too. All right, um, I think let's wrap it up. Okay, Effie, if you say so, thank you, everyone, and enjoy your weekends. Have a good one. See you later.